Welcome to the Convene podcast. We do this in audio and video. And I'm Mark L. Vincent. I direct the Convene Consulting Network. And for this conversation, I'm joined by Brett Schrock, who chairs a couple of Convene teams, but that's a little bit later in his story. Earlier in the story is coming to Convene to help recruit and train excellent chairs. He's got a great vocational history that precedes that. So I'm going to ask him some questions about that. And I just want to welcome you, Brett, to this great conversation. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to yeah. be here and spend some time with you. No, I called it a great conversation. It's because you're here. And uh, I am sh demonstrating the kind of high expectations I have of what we'll do. But I'd like to... Are. Yes, I'd like to ask you a little bit about that journey that brought you to convene in the first place. So if you don't mind kind of going back in time and kind of talk about that woof and weave, you've done some interesting things. And I think folks listening to that will enjoy hearing about it. Yeah, sure. It's my pleasure to share with you. Um, I started my career in the uh, food industry, both manufacturing and distribution. And I uh, did some work as a senior VP with a Fortune 60 ConAgra. Wow. And through my journey, I, uh, I found Christ at Saddleback Church, and I reluctantly went with my wife to the very first Sunday at the high school gymnasium where Rick Warren was teaching, and um, frankly didn't want to be there. I sat there with my arms crossed and my mind pretty much closed to the message, but the more uh, I would hear the message week after week, um, God was working on me, and by the time I'd been there about five times, I was chewing on the inside of my cheek to keep from crying as the spirit was uh, touching me and revealing new things in me. So ultimately mm -hmm. I, I became a Christian at Saddleback Church under the teaching of Rick and um, moved along the base paths and uh, taught the evangelism class and was involved in the early days of Celebrate Recovery. And then um, ultimately became a staff member. I left the corporate world and uh, went to seminary and became a staff pastor at Saddleback Church, and this was all post the age of 30, so I came to Christ after 30 years old, and um, became the director of the Purpose Driven Life. So in and through my interactions with members at the church, I did know uh, the founders of Convene, Rick Green and Brian Thatcher, I see. and I'd heard a bit of their stories, so I had kind of a background understanding. And um, the years passed by and I continued on in my career and uh, Convene had reached out to me a couple different times to see if I might have an interest in becoming a chair. And it just wasn't God's timing. I didn't sense that it was time for me to make a move. And I was kind of straddling both the corporate world and business community, as well as uh, the ministerial route um, with Purpose Driven and as a past pastor at Saddleback. But um, ultimately God's timing was perfect. Um, as always is the case. And um, I had left the position as the chief operating officer of the NIV Bible um, and uh, was looking for a new opportunity here in South Orange County. And I had been working with Shelly Leith at Purpose Driven, who is our current CEO, Greg Leith's wife. And um, so I thought it convened, I thought of, about um, opportunities out in the marketplace that I'd always been interested in. And I reached out to Greg and we proceeded to have a conversation and um, God led us down the path to, uh, to join the organization. So that, that's, that's how I got great. here. 
Yeah. And we're going to talk for a bit about your specific role with Convene and what chair recruitment it's like and what a chair profile might be like. I want to move that story forward just a little bit more because as you began to do that work that I've just described, um, you got to see what the chair journey, what the chair work is like up close and decided to step in and become a Convene chair and actually lead two teams. So could you talk just a little bit about that decision? Yeah, this is, this is uh, and you've heard it said before, this is a God story. So I stepped in uh, working with Convene, uh, as you mentioned on the chair recruitment side, but I was intrigued by the chair role itself, having been involved in the vetting and mm. researching and identifying candidates for the role. And so clearly day in and day out, week in and week out, I would share the you know, inherent uh, wins of being a chair, you know, to watch God work in and through the members during the meetings and uh, the divine appointments he would make um, as he was moving in and through people's lives. And um, I kind of sat there, you know, in the kitchen smelling, smelling the food, but <laughs> didn't have a chance to eat my own cooking. Uh, uh-huh. So, so with that said, my appetite grew uh, using that, using that uh, analogy and um, something fascinating happened. Uh, one of the chairs, Uh, was moving to another state and he had two groups in Orange County and they came up for the ability to purchase uh, the rights to uh, be a chair in those groups. So uh, Greg Leith had posted that opportunity and I saw it immediately. Uh, Pretty much did a microwave prayer, didn't spend a long time gnashing, groaning and researching. I, um, I just felt that this was an absolute God appointment. So I jumped in and met with that chair, uh, purchased those groups. And so I was very fortunate to um, have acquired uh, the leadership of the group. Um, I thought it was very much a God appointment and God timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very, very thankful for it. That happened a little over a year ago, like uh, yeah. 15 months ago. Yeah, well, you sure seem to be thriving in that, that role and enjoying it. Um, I'd like to take just a second and kind of describe what the convene chair role is um, and then ask you a question about it, if you don't mind, just in case someone's listening to this that isn't really all that familiar with peer-based advising. So, and you please add add to anything I might say here, but a convene chair has recruited a team of CEOs and business owners Uh, They might have between the, say, dozen or more persons in the room, if it's a full team, uh, they'll have about 300 years of experience around the table. And in a confidential conversation, they're putting their biggest opportunities and challenges in front of each other and speaking into it by asking clarifying questions, by uh, offering spiritual and ethical counsel, scriptural counsel, uh, and then by weighing in with what they've seen, what they think might work. Uh, and then the person who's hearing that is declaring, well, here's what I think I'll do. They check in with each other, check on each other. They work through some business performance content with each other mm-hmm. uh, and all kinds of aspects of the organizational development roadmap. And then every month, uh, in your case, as a chair, you're meeting with them one to one, kind of going through their declarations, helping them be accountable, offering some coaching service along the way occasionally stepping in and helping them with their teams, but nudge, 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 and etch, 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 helping them move along into what they feel really is a faithful uh, expression of the mission and business success. Would that be a fair description? No, I'd say that's spot on. 
And um, the interesting thing, just even reflecting back over the last year, is about how the how the glue comes together with the chair and the group, and mm. then also individually with the chair and each member. So a lot of times we'll have our one-to-one -one time, and oftentimes it'll be a very, very personal conversation about relationships, family, um, internal struggles, um, their spiritual walk. Um, I would say at least half of the time in the conversations I spend one-to-one -one with the members, it has a little bit more of a kind of a pastoral care flavor oftentimes. And it's a very rewarding because we will cover both, um, you know, best business practices and applications and what ifs, but also it's about inviting God into the conversation praying together and, you know, mm -hmm. asking, asking for his guidance and direction and tangibly seeing him engage. It's just oh, it's remarkable, just yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Well, I think you would agree. It's certainly been my experience because of knowing a number of these chairs uh, and having had that experience myself, that it, it takes a particular kind of person. There has to be a breadth and a depth. Uh, there has to be some seasoning. And uh, you're deeply involved in helping to identify and recruit uh, nationally uh, for the future chairs um, uh, for Convene. And I like it, if you could just talk a bit about what some of the must-haves are. Uh, there's some things that you would look for in general, and there's some things that, boy, it must be there. Uh, what would some of those expectations be, Brett? Yeah, it's my pleasure to share those with you, Mark. Um, we have a document called the Elements of a Strong Chair Prospect, and we boil it down to what we call the 10 C's, letter C, 10 C's. I'll give you those for uh, a quick a quick overview, but I will uh, dive into a couple of words that do not begin with C when I'm done with this that are also vitally okay. important. All so right. the first one is calling. Um, this must be a calling. Um, the the chair prospect. Um, it's important that they they pray through this with their spouse on their own as they walk and they talk, and really sense that the God Spirit is is um, saying to them that, you know, this is a season to bring together your, your business experience and wisdom, failures and victories to share hope and knowledge and insight and encouragement um, to others. And it's, um, it's first a calling because it's, it's a hard work. Um, launching a group takes several months and it, there's a dogged determination that leads to victory in launching a group. And so it must be a calling because if we try and do it just in our own means, it's, a, it's almost too difficult. It needs to be a calling. Number two is character. So we're looking for a congruent individual that as they speak, they act um, as they believe it manifests in who they are. There's alignment in, um, in the perception of who they are and who they really are. So character is important. Competency uh, is obviously another one, another attribute. Competency is the ability to execute on their business wisdom and knowledge in a way that has an appropriate context and application for the member they're serving and for the group at large. Um, it's about staying relevant in the knowledge uh, pool of information that they're pulling from and their adeptness at being able to bring in other experts as needed for the best outcome for the members in the group. Connections um, are important uh, because these are vital relationships that are necessary 
for the introduction of viable member candidates to the pre-launch chair. Um, normally, the pre-launch chair will need that exponential uh, amount of people to talk to in order to find uh, people who are in the right season, um, feel that they're, they're being called to be part of a group and have realized that they may have some needs. Um, career history, of course, is about their professional experience, but not only their professional experience, but also the hard knocks that they've probably endured in the process of working in both entrepreneurial and corporate environments. So career history is important. A Christian walk, of course, is foundational uh, in, in and through the fact that we pray and petition God for his wisdom and direction and discernment and insights as we um, as the chair vets members, as they go through their opportunity challenges that you noted, and just in the day-to-day -day, um, being equipped for battle that a chair is inevitably going to face as a result of making a difference in a community through business leaders. Uh, capacity of life activities, oftentimes people will be in a season of life where maybe they want to travel, they have items on their bucket list to check off, they want to spend more time with their grandchildren. They're just being called to another aspect of life. So they need to have some capacity. If they're already serving on many boards and have many projects, they just may not have the capacity at that time. Uh, cash <clears throat> is another C word in that it takes it money. It sure is. Starts with C. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a big C. Um, it's important to have runway, financial runway as a group is developed. Uh, to be able to stay buoyant and not to have the pressure of having to search and scratch for uh, income to make a living at the same time as trying to birth a group. So there needs to be cash reserves or passive revenue. The second to the last item is charisma. Uh, I'm not saying you have to be, you know, like a, a person who's been a famous actor or a stage walker or something like that. But it is important to have the uh, emotional energy and intentional engagement uh, capacity to carry on a, I would call it a lively and spirited conversation that people find compelling. And that, that's charisma. Uh, and then uh, lastly on the C list is companion. Uh, just as in any ministry, it's important for the spouse to have an equal calling or a joint calling or equally yoked or whatever terminology you wanna to assign to this because it does take time and it does uh, use capacity and margin in a life. And so both um, the spouse, both the spouses need to be agreed on this being a calling. So those are the 10 C's. And then the other word I wanted to introduce briefly is a, a word that is very visceral that I call grit. And we're hearing a lot of that these days in conversations and podcasts and TED Talks and ad infinitum. But a person can be highly educated, can have many degrees, can have sat in the corner office of a Fortune 50 or their own empire that they built as an entrepreneur. But they may be in a season of life where they may never have quite had this characteristic to carry them through to a, a victory of that pickaxe work you kind of shared and it is called grit. Um, so it's, it's not just the wanting to, it has to be a very deep groaning commitment to push through even when there may be some rejection or delays in the optimum outcome. Mm. You shared something that I sure recall as I've you know, walked with other chairs as they were getting started as a colleague of theirs. And 
It was the idea that they had to get past that if someone tells you no, it doesn't mean never or that you're bad. It is that moment in time and it plants a seed. And it's funny how they may have deep experience in marketing and all kinds of things. But when it gets down to this personal level, they kind of throw out the algorithms, they throw out the funnel and yeah. it just gets really hard. So I, I sure appreciate the, the grit as a, as a piece there that would matter uh, a good deal. Yeah, it does. I, I'd like to ask you then if maybe there's a story you could tell of someone that, um, you know, they were working through that process with you. And uh, they found their way through all that deliberation to being a chair recruiting team and are now doing so successfully. I, I think that might be inspirational to hear. Yeah. There's a gentleman named Randy uh, that I met, uh, I think it's two years ago now, who had been acquainted with Convene through another one of our chairs in Texas named Ken. And Ken had given Randy some insights about convene and the chair role and Randy had expressed an interest. And then I think he, you know, he kind of filed it away. He remembered it, but he wasn't intentionally on a pathway to take a next step yet. Um, and then Randy spent time online and uh, discovered convene once again, probably through God's providence and, and sovereign uh, plan. And um, he reached out to the organization through an online portal. And I saw his inquiry and reached out to him and we had a couple of great conversations. Randy had been a very successful um, entrepreneur. He was um, a highly educated man. He had a strong theological uh, wisdom and he lived in a town that had very much a neighborhood environment. He's in Tyler, Texas. And so Randy and his uh, wife prayed about it and he was thinking it over and wasn't quite sure if he was ready for the next step. And then I just felt God nudged me to make yet one more call uh, without being a pest, but yet an intentional call to see where he was in his uh, deliberation. And he said that he almost didn't pick up the phone that night, but for some reason, we both know what that is, uh, he picked up the phone. And we had a great conversation again. And then uh, and very quickly, um, God moved and Randy responded and he called me back and he enlisted as a pre-launch chair. Uh, Randy experienced some um, personal family challenges with the help of a parent and was a bit delayed in his process. But despite that uh, delay, which is about two months, Randy came right back at it and launched within about six months, including his time away, which as you know, Mark, and you're one of the exceptions mm -hmm. to this model as well, um, you know, God moved rapidly, Randy responded, and the spirit lined up the opportunities and Randy launched. Um, Randy, you know, has his group today. And I wanted to find success in a little different manner here. Randy has had some challenges because of our current economy and the COVID crisis. And some of his members, because of where he is located in Texas, have a relationship with the oil industry. So he's had a couple of members that have pressed pause or have had to delay, um, but nevertheless, the group continues. And so I think the success is the fact that Randy maintains the relationship with his members that are on board but also maintains a relationship with members that are in a pause position. 
or maybe had to step away for a brief season. So I would call it success because of Randy's perseverance and his relationship building and the retention of the members of his group. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that definition out, Brett, because I recall so many stories of people saying, well, folks join a peer-based advising team because they think they're, they're somehow convinced that they're going to have they're going to have a better business. They're going to be more profitable. They're, they're going to raise their bar. And in truth, that happens repeatedly over and over. And all of the statistics support that. They don't stay on those teams for that reason. They stay on those teams because they're not by themselves anymore. They've learned to trust the judgment and wisdom of a group. They kind of get past the God complex of I've got to know everything. I've got to be everywhere. Uh, and they, they rest in the counsel of, of people that they've learned to trust. And it's really hard to break those relationships. You wouldn't want to when you have a strong team that supports you. So even in a hard place, like an economy that turns south in your marketplace or whatever, there's a real, hey, let's hold you for as long as we can in a way that we can until you can come back. That's just a great, a great example. Yes. I'd like to ask you one more question here. If someone is really thinking about this, like Randy did, um, or anyone else, they're they're interested, based maybe because they were listening to this podcast. What words of advice would you have for them as they prayerfully consider possibly moving in this direction to become a convened chair? Yeah, um, great question, Mark. There's so many facets to an answer uh, to this question. You know, I think about I think about two things up front. One is I think about Romans 12, Paul's instruction about how to be a fully authentic disciple. I think about the verse three that talks about taking an inventory, you know, taking a personal review of your life. And I also think with that, when I think of that, I think a step four in recovery of taking a fearless and moral personal inventory. I think it's important for anyone considering becoming a chair to take a pause. Um, relax and start to just do some simple journaling or making a bullet list, chronicling the journey of their life. Because the content of the journey of their life is what supplies them the value that they give to their members and the group at large. Um, this really clarifies, I believe, and I think it allows and invites the spirit of God to speak to them as they, as they chronicle their high points and their low points, again, their victories and challenges, um, and really to go deep in terms of their own personal transparency, even with themselves. I just shared with a candidate today that, that it is very important to be personally comfortable, to be vulnerable in an appropriate way to be transparent in an appropriate way because the members will only feel as safe to be vulnerable as the chair models safety. So I would say that when people reflect back on tough times and challenges they've had, to be on a journey to understand how God would wanna redeem and use that in and through this opportunity, as well as sharing their, their business journey and their family and their trials and their personal life. It's just, it's a beautiful mosaic uh, where you really believe that there is a purpose 
and I'll just I'll just go back to my episode of uh, my career with Saddleback Church and being a director of the Purpose Driven Life of realizing two really key points. One is it's not about you, which is <laughs> which is important. It's not about me, which is important for us to to understand as as chairs. It's about those we serve, and and secondly, we have we have a purpose. And um, I believe that for anyone who feels called, even if they would discount some of their life experiences, that God has a specific purpose for maybe one of those members or that whole group. So those are my thoughts. Um, thank you for joining me for this conversation with Brett, uh, for this conversation, Brett. I, I can't help but think that there may be someone who listens to this that they think, hmm, maybe this is a calling and they can start working their way through that progression of C's as you have detailed them. And it's also possible that someone listening to this is saying, you know, I know somebody that needs to be a part of one of these teams. They've got to stop trying to do this by themselves. Yeah. And I know that in this industry, we keep talking about the big enemy being isolation uh, and uh, trying to do it by oneself, trying to be complete all and in of oneself. And um, there really isn't a scenario out there that we can point to where a person did this by themselves with no companions, right. without a reverent sense of the awe of the stewardship that they had. And this is such a great place to uh, make that happen and to be in touch with that. So thank you. And for all of you who are listening, thank you for listening. And we wish well, you well as you do your work. Peace. Mark, if, I'm, if I may. Oh. Go right ahead. Got another piece here. Um, Please do. As, as we're going through this very unique chapter in our individual lives and society as a whole on a global basis with the COVID virus, um, the topic of mental health continues to resonate on television broadcasts, web streaming, print media. Um, and I, I just wanna say that um, this is a really critical time I believe for people who are making big decisions and people who are making smaller decisions to understand and again, think about how they're feeling. Oftentimes we think about how are you doing or what are you doing? But we don't always ask, how are you, how are you really feeling? Uh, because this is a pervasive issue. One in, one in five people are dealing with a diagnosable mental health issue. So we know that people in our groups are going to be struggling either maybe with depression or anxiety uh -huh. Things like that. And it's not just in a COVID season, it's all seasons. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the kind of group that can come alongside of a CEO who is really wrestling personally and emotionally through a wide variety of issues and topics that are resonating in their stomach and their heart and their mind. And this is a place to find some solace, you know, to know that you're not alone and to know that there are resources available to help. And um, the ripple effect through their employees and their vendors and their community is, is such a mission critical role that, that we can play if we're intentional. So I just wanted to share that as well. Thank you. And thank you, Brett, for joining me for this conversation. And for all of you who are listening, we want to say thank you and wish you well as you serve others. Farewell for now.